People are fascinating and I believe that everyone has a story to tell of their travels, hobbies, passions and experiences. I want to get those stories told so they can entertain, inspire and showcase the amazing talents of people and giving you, the listener, food for thought. My guests have taken risks, put themselves out there, created businesses or taken their passion to the next level. I feel very privileged and honoured to tell all those stories in my All About You podcast. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the All About You podcast. And today my guests are Mark and Lynetta, who are the Soulmate Coaches. And we are talking about dating and finding a partner in later life. Mark and Lynetta, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Now, I'm really intrigued in this conversation because I have lots of conversations with people about how, as we get older, it's harder and harder to find a partner for so many different reasons. So I'm hoping you guys can shed some light on that and point people in the right directions. So can we start with just talking what is a soulmate coach? What what do you do and what is it? I'd say the simplest way to say it is we help people either create or transform an existing relationship to be the best ever. Be singles and or it could be people who are already in relationship. Can I just yeah. ask you, what is sort of the definition of a soulmate? Well, really, we... We would like to invite people to look at soulmates a little differently instead of, oh, there's this one soulmate out there for me and, you know, hopefully I will run into them. It's more like whatever relationship you're in right now, or even if you're not in relationship, how can you have soulmate level love? So which is a a deeper, richer Uh, more broader love than you may have experienced. So it's more about having that awareness that we're way beyond just this physical reality. And there is this bigger us, you could call it your higher self. And that's the level of relationship that you want to have from your higher self to the other person's higher self. Because we often have conversations and people will say, oh, it was love at first sight. He's my perfect partner because he's everything I'm not. And I think a lot of people can sort of relate to that as in, you know, maybe I'm a disorganized person, but my husband's really organized and takes control. So that is very different to, I guess, a soulmate. Because when I had organized this conversation with you, I did sit down and try and define what I would class as a soulmate. And and I really couldn't come up with anything concrete. And I'm thinking, (laughs) okay, am I the only one who doesn't grasp soulmate? Or are we all have our own versions of what a soulmate is? Mm. I think it is that, that each one of us, just like when you say the word mother, everyone's going to have 
a different version of that, you know? So soulmates, you know, when we ask other people, what is that to you? They give us different versions. Right. Like, like you mentioned, like, you know, one might be organized, one might be disorganized. Now, there may be some people that the level of organization is irrelevant. They could care less. They just want to travel the world together and have adventures. Can we talk about if somebody comes to you who maybe is looking for a relationship and wants to know the best way to go about it? Because finding a partner has gone all very techy now, hasn't it? We don't seem yeah. to meet, <laughs> from my conversation, we don't seem to meet people at work in bars and the disco, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't seem to happen now. We all go on a dating app. You know, you're you're swiping left, right and centre. <laughs> so let's talk about a single person then. They want to find a relationship. They don't want to spend years and years. So they want to know, OK, how should I go about this? What would they ask you and, and what would you ask them? So you've brought up several different issues. One is where might you meet a soulmate? And the second question I'm hearing is, how do you be ready to meet your soulmate, if you will? The preparation. The preparation. Let's tackle both of those issues. So we're really big about the preparation. And what we do, and this will sound kind of funny, but we actually take all your previous relationships as preparation for the ultimate. And that goes from everything from your family relationships to all your romantic relationships. And I, we'd probably say the biggest problem people have in manifesting that soulmate level relationship is uncompleted stuff from past relationships. So what we do is we take somebody we're coaching through all their major past relationships. And if there's any hurts, anything unresolved, not complete, we get it complete so that they can look at all their past relationships and say, okay, that was not ideal in this way, this way, and that way. But it was actually good in this, this, and this. And I do like that. And, and you take out the edge so there's no more emotional triggers from any of that past stuff. Because if there's any hurts from anything, from family to romantic relationships from the past, you know, it's kind of like we say, like, you know, we're looking for that ultimate relationship. And at the same time, we're going like this, like, oh, no, because I don't want I don't want A, B and C, which happened in the past to be here again. So you have to get to that place of peace in all your past relationships. That's the first thing we do. Second, we use it as a tool, every past relationship, to decide, okay, what didn't you like, which is usually pretty easy for people. <laughs> and then more importantly, what does that teach you about what you do want in that next ultimate relationship? So we, so to speak, make your list of what you do want to have Again, using your past as, a, as guidance. Then once you've made your list, we help you manifest it. So we could do meditations with you, declarations, statements. And when you do all that stuff, all the limiting beliefs come up. You know, like, oh, I can't have it. All the good ones are taken. 
or I'm too messed up or I'm old. I'm too old. I'm too young. <laughs> I've got too much. I need to heal all those limiting beliefs. So we help them make the, make the declaration about what they want to have. And then we help them clear any of the blocks. We, we use a lot of manifestation tools. So that's kind of the, what we do. Now, the sec, and we can come back to this, but the second issue you asked is, you know, where do I find them? And that's kind of like when you're making your list of what do you want? What's this person going to be like? What kind of a relationship you're going to have? Then you have to ask the question, well, where might I meet that person? So, for example, Lynette and I met at a workshop, not on a dating app. <laughs> and it was perfect because it was all about investigating what love really is, which has kind of been a lifelong search for both of us. We both have previous marriages, relationships, and we both kind of been on like, what could an ultimate love relationship be like? And that's exactly what they taught in the workshop. And that's where we met. Yeah, not to say you can't meet on a dating app. But, you know, sometimes there are places to meet that person. Yeah, events that you go to that would be something uh, like working on communication, intimacy, relationships. You could be passionate about the environment. You meet at some environmental support group. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is fascinating because, Mark, you were saying – you help people deal with past relationships and you mentioned mm-hmm. not just romantic family, etc. Family, especially family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to say when you said that, and I think because when people talk about relationships, they say, Oh, I'm carrying so much baggage around with me from Correct. previous, particularly romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I guess if you are in that position and you're hauling that negative baggage with you that's really put not putting you in a good position to go forward with sort of a clean slate so that makes total sense yeah and we all have baggage that's just part of being a human being we've all been hurt by stuff that's happened in our past that's there's nothing wrong with that but if you don't clear it out, it'll get in the way of manifesting that relationship if you're single now. And then secondly, if you do manifest the relationship, it's going to get in the way and you're going to have conflicts with that person. You'll be triggered by something they do or don't do that will remind you of something from the past you're not clearing, you're not clean about yet. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get in your way. And I think the other point I wanted to comment on is you were saying – what do we want we are generally as human beings we can tell you what we don't want or what we don't like but we can never really get crystal clear on what we do like Mm. and i think particularly with a relationship we say well in my last relationship you know he was always watching sport on tv i don't want anyone who watches sport so we get Mm. this great long list from all these negative points from previous relationships, but mm-hmm. the list moving forward of what you do want is probably a bit blank, I would say. Well, from what you don't want, like the example you gave of, I don't want somebody who's watching sports, well, that can help you point to, well, what do you want instead of that? What would you imagine that you would he would be doing that you would love 
instead of him watching sports. So say you love to take hikes in nature, then uh, he doesn't watch sports, but he loves to go for walks in nature with me. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's a bit like, okay, here is my list of what I don't like. What would Mm -hmm. be the opposite? Okay. Yes. 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 But I'd like somebody who likes the outdoors and, you know, go hiking and stuff like that. I can see that. Absolutely. I think that, that, that's a revelation just straight yeah. looking at that negative list and what does the opposite the positive what does the positive side look like yes. yeah yeah and yeah and you're totally right most people are not used to doing that mm-hmm. the negative list comes up like that very easy but it takes some digging and we're re- just to be modest we're really good at helping people take that and create the positive list out of it. We, we just keep asking questions and feeling into it yeah. till we really get, oh yeah, this is what I really do want. Till it's like, oh yeah, I can feel that in my heart. If I had that, oh my God, that would be amazing. Powerful questions are like keys that open secret doors. Oh, love that, Lynetta. Love that. That's a mm. quote that's got to be written down. Absolutely. <laughs> that's great, honey. Can I use that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've heard it here first. So let's imagine then we've got our list of positive, right? Okay. This is what I'm looking at. Life is looking a bit brighter now. I, I can feel an emotional connection to that list. Mm. I mean, that in itself is huge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where yes. do we go next? In creation, creating, manifesting, and envisioning. So we go to that place where we envision this relationship, even how you're going to meet. You can do, you can include all of it. You can build your vision so crystal clear and feel the feelings of it manifesting just as you're seeing it. So real and so visceral that it feels like it's already happened. Just to touch upon that point, Lynetta, Mm. to a lot of people, as soon as you mention the word manifesting, the eyes roll. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes, I know how this works. I just say a million times I want to win a million pounds or, you know, I want a Ferrari. And it, it doesn't my- work. It doesn't work. So you could also call Two it things. creating an intention of what you want and leave out the word manifesting. Just leave it out. So I want this is what I want to I intend to create in my life. And then whatever voices come in or the the counter intentions are going to come in like, no, there's no way. Last time, remember when you tried to lose weight last month and you ended up gaining five pounds? So it's not going to work. Well, you got to deal with that voice and say, I hear you. I totally hear you. It's not that you're shutting that voice out. You're just saying, hey, I hear you and I'm committed I'm going to lose 10 pounds. So you keep coming back to that commitment, that intention that you made. I'm going to meet somebody wonderful who's aligned with me. They see me. They get me. We're on the same page. We enjoy many of the same things together. And when that voice comes up and says, 
oh, that's not going to happen. There's no way. I mean, there's you've already been through how many relationships and you're going to get hurt again. And then you listen to that voice and say, I hear you. I totally get you. I know that you want to you want to keep me safe and keep me from being hurt. So you even acknowledge that voice mm-hmm. instead of trying to shut it out or pretend or just put another affirmation on top of it, which doesn't deal with it. So then once that voice feels honored and seen and heard for keeping you safe so that you don't get hurt or disappointed again, then that voice that goes, oh, and then you come back to, and we are going to have it. And it's going to look like this and it's going to feel like this. And I'm going to take care of you. I'll make sure you're not hurt and I'll keep you safe. Then that voice will quiet down because that voice is the voice of survival. That's the part of you that's keeping, making sure that you're going to be okay. And you want to honor that voice instead of shutting it out. And affirmations don't deal with that. So this is going much deeper than affirmations. One thing, I know this is going to be a bit of a strange question, but normally women are more in their heads with the the, the voices than men. Mm -hmm. Women are more emotional. Women generally will sort of think about love, the emotion of love, the attachment of love, more so than men. And and I'm very interested on your your aspect of this, Mark. Yeah, (laughs) I'm jumping at the bit. (laughs) As a female to another female, with me talking to Lynetta, I understand everything she's saying. Yeah. My experience of talking to men about their emotions is like trying to crack a walnut. So mm. I'm just interested, Mark, to hear the oh, yeah. male opinion and the male thoughts on what Lynetta has just said. Yeah. By the way, what you just did is great. And this is why we coach together. Because then you get a man and a woman's perspective on the same things going on. That's one of the things that's unique. You know, there's lots of people who do love and relationship coaching, but a husband-wife team, we just celebrated our eighth wedding anniversary. We've been together nine years now. And it's like, there's not very many like us who are out coaching as a team together. So giving both those perspectives. There seems to be whenever couples and I'm talking male female couples here, whenever there are issues, negative issues within the relationship, it seems to be because of the communication breakdown. When women have a problem, we will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk a bit more. Men, mm-hmm. no, not doing it. So, I mean, I know I'm I'm putting a lot in your corner here, but it's great perspective on all this mm-hmm. so i would say men and women in my opinion are equally emotional and equally in their head i don't think it differs on what's going on internally i would say us men have been trained by our societies especially western societies to not be as expressive of what's going on internally as women. Lynette, this is my second marriage with Lynetta. In my first marriage, 
I was running a bunch of things like I'm supposed to be the good husband. Partly this was religious training. Partly this was a reaction against some of the terrible examples I saw in my family. So things that were, quote, bothering me, I felt I couldn't or shouldn't share it with my wife at the time. And I held things in. And then, you know, it, sometimes it would be like the volcano effect. You hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, and, <laughs> and the volcano goes off. <laughs> you know, in the first marriage, I didn't have the communication skills that we both have now. And it didn't work well in a lot of respects. And that's why ultimately I asked to get divorced after 21 years, because certain things were just not getting resolved that I couldn't live with. This is a huge topic, isn't it? We are basically talking about communication within relationships and manifesting or bringing that soulmate to you. I'm not sure how how to explain this, but it's for men. Do you get many men coming to you for help and guidance for looking for a partner or is it generally females? Well, we have We've had worked. both. Yeah, we have worked with both, but I'd say more more women than we have men. Right, and sometimes the women come, and then we get involved with her and her partner. Yeah, two couples come to mind that we did that. Yeah, we work with couples. Yeah, men. Um, I would say in any of the workshops and the groups that I've been in, women are in the f- forefront of going to transformation and all of that. But I think that very much comes from our culture and train, you know, that men are the providers, they're, they're the protectors and they're the doers. And by nature, they are directional, very, you know, linear direction in going towards a goal. But men can balance out. We, you know, we both all have female and male aspects within us and coming into a balance is what we like to have. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in a relationship, it really helps when Mark is in his more feminine, when he's sharing his heart, when he cries at a movie and I'm like, Oh, I feel (laughs) your heart. You're getting emotional. And it's I didn't think such a man existed, Lynetta. Oh yeah. 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 Sometimes I'll get annoyed that she'll take me to a movie just so she can see me cry. (laughs) I mean, I have to say over the years, I've had so many conversations with other women where is he? When am I going to meet him? How do I meet him? I don't think mm. I've ever had that conversation with a man. Ah. I don't know. Maybe that man is having a conversation with another man and just mm. not going to have that conversation with a woman, but I don't know. Do men have conversations as in where is she? When is? When am I going to meet her? How do I meet her? Do, do men have that? Oh, absolutely. All, all the same stuff's going on. 100%. Yes. They're just not sharing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the strong, silent type is kind of that ideal that some of us grew up with. And it's harder for men to break out of that mold. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of it is conditioning. Oh, a lot of it. Yeah. And in Mark's family, he was if he shared something uh, that he was feeling internally, he'd get in trouble. Oh, with my dad. Yeah. His dad. I could not be open at all about what was going on internally. Not at all. Yeah. 
So I was like totally almost like a hermit for a lot of my early school years, afraid of people, afraid to express what was inside. I mean, that took years and years to undo all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and so how many men are being trained by their fathers not to be emotional, you not know. to share feelings? Oh, don't be a sissy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got things like the military. You know, expressing feelings is not encouraged. No. <laughs> and we've worked with people who have military backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, that's so. right. I mean, I totally agree 100 percent. It's the upbringing for the males that causes issues of communication in, in a, a male female relationship. And I guess possibly between a man and another man. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I imagine probably dead silence, I should think. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Okay, can we now talk about how we actually find that soul mate? Mm. So we've sort of made our list. Okay, we're clear, you know, we're we're dealing with with the baggage we're carrying around and that's not going to change overnight. That's going to be a long, slow process, I'm sure. No, actually not not as slow as you think. You know, we have a 12-week program. And, oh, my God, somebody could start that program and be totally transformed by the end. Yeah. In fact, we had a a gal who she was in a relationship and she knew it was not an aligned relationship. She started our course two weeks before she started our course. She broke up with him. And two weeks before the course finished, she found uh, the beloved of her life and they got married and they're still in in wedding bliss. Amazing, yeah. And, and this is like three or four years later. They're on our website. You can see this them. one Bri- of the testimonials. Brianna and Max. Yeah. And and she she just took on doing all the exercises. She did everything that we all the tools that we gave her. She was working through them and she was committed to finding her her beloved and she wants to have children so her vision her intention was very powerful for what she wanted to create and have and she did whatever it took to do that work and it was only what 12 weeks how long 12 week course 12 week course Mm -hmm. and um so and how she met him was she was living within a community that they have a lot of workshops and and trainings and he came onto the property to spend some time doing some training there and she met him while he was living on her her property in that community and then we have another couple who we worked with that uh, they live in Florida uh, Tony and Tiffany and they're they're now getting engaged when we started working we started working with him and he was in a relationship that was not aligned mm-hmm. and they ended up parting and then he met uh but i think i believe they met through an app they actually met through a matchmaking, matchmaking. service oh a matchmaking service but, yeah but they both had a lot of unresolved issues so we worked with both of them so individually them. occasionally together mm-hmm. and then like year year and a half later he proposed to her and they're you know, buying a new house and moving in together. Yeah. And and, so, and another couple, she um, uh, ended up on her wedding day. She um, actually found out that this person was not a match, not aligned for her. But within a month, she connect after us working with her, she connected with somebody that has been in love with her all through high school. 
and he was still living in the same hometown where she was living. So they got married the very next month. So, you know, it's like, do you see such variety in how people can meet? They can meet through a matchmaker. They could meet through a through high school. Uh, you know, we had dinner with a couple last night that they met at social dancing. You know, we do some social dancing, and they met on the dance floor. And you know, he saw something about her that was just like, huh. I want to get to know her. And, you know, they've been together like nine years now. Yeah. So doing the things that you love to do and then you meet them. You could be hiking on your your favorite nature trail and you meet somebody else who's like, oh, my gosh, this is your favorite hiking trail, too. And you're a match. You know, it can be like that. Yeah. Now that COVID's over and we can do all those social things again. Yeah. uh, You know, apps are great. And it's not necessarily, it's definitely not the only way to meet somebody. I mean, this is absolutely fascinating because going back to, we've made our list of the things we don't want. We've then got our list of almost like the, the opposites of that. Mm-hmm. So we're getting clearer then. Mm-hmm. We're recognizing the voices in our head that are saying, yeah, but what about him? You know, so we sort of come into terms with those sort of like the angel and the devil on your shoulder both yes. for position. Yes. It's very interesting, as you say, going to places where other people enjoy the same thing. And I've said this for years. Go to a social dance because, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, if you are doing social dancing with male-female partner, I mean, I'm talking male-female relationships yes. here particularly. Mm-hmm. You're both there to do the same thing. You're going to have a bit of fun and and this, that and the other. And often you change partners. So it's a bit like Mm -hmm. traditional speed dating as it was. But it's in a more fun atmosphere with music and actually dancing than just sitting across the table from someone rather like a work interview. And I said to men... Go and learn some basic dancing, first of all, because most men, oh, I can't dance. I've got no rhythm. Mm-hmm. OK, go and do some basic dance lessons and then go to these, whether it's salsa, whether it's tango. A woman who can see a man who likes to dance, that gives you 100 brownie points to start with. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. women appreciate a man that knows his left from a right foot and has got a bit of rhythm. So I'm step on her feet. Yeah, love that. But this is the thing, isn't it? Go to places where like-minded people, you know, if you like art, go to an art gallery. An art class. Yeah. Yeah, something that there's a social thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Go to a cooking class. Yeah. Yeah. Food might be your thing. Yeah. You know. And speed dating is a great way. You know, all kinds of events where you have, you know, a few minutes interaction with somebody. Or I don't know if you know what a puja is in the Tantra world, where they'll create like concentric circles and you do like a one or two minute exercise with somebody. It could be like eye gazing or if, if they have permission, like you just put your hands on each other's cheeks or heart and you literally just feel each other and look at each other. And then you switch to somebody else. So it's a more intimate thing. They call that a puja. It's one of our favorite activities to either go to or lead. Yeah, I think we should call it a different name, though, because no, hardly anybody knows what puja is. But if you say speed dating, they know. Right. But you you know, and then we can do these more intimate exercises, mm-hmm. you know, and educate educate people. You know. Yeah, we love doing things like that. Yeah. 
I'm just thinking about that exercise. Would not most people just run for the hills? <laughs> you know, standing or sitting in front of someone they don't know and putting their hands on a stranger's face? When you've been properly prepped. Yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of rules. You never touch without permission. You have to ask for anything. And you get feedback. Do you would you be comfortable if I put my hand on your right cheek and just held it? Mm-hmm. And then and the person tunes in and and feels into it says, you know what? Yeah, I would. Or no. But I'd be okay if you just held my hands as opposed to touch my cheek or, so you can make a counter offer. Or I'm more comfortable if we just do some eye gazing and synchronize breath. Right. Like, and don't do any touching. No touching. So it, this, these things are great because you learn to get your personal boundaries, what you're comfortable with, what you're not with another human being. We call it getting your yes and no. And we've had years of training in this. And this is one of the problems with relationships. You know, some people are still running stories in their head that if they get in a relationship, they're going to have to sacrifice or compromise, meaning I can't be all of me in a relationship. I'm going to have to sacrifice, you know, crunch down some of me because all of me is not acceptable to a partner. And we're all about being full out me, Lynetta being full out her, you being full out you, you know, and you're not going to find a, quote, perfect partner who you're an exact match. That's not what a soulmate is or soulmate level relationship. Soulmate level relationship is when you've got all the techniques and experience and love and honoring and treasuring so that whatever your differences are, it's not a problem. You know, there are certain things about Lynetta. I saw this years ago on a dating profile. It was a woman looking for a man. And she said, our relationship will be like this saying, you keep me safe, her saying to the man-to-be. I keep you wild, saying to the man-to-be. And on a certain level, that's our relationship. I'm the safety guy in the relationship. And a certain level, Lynette is the wild woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, both, you know, because of our backgrounds and kind of our personalities. And it's great. You know, I've done things with Lynetta that I would never have chosen to do on my own, guaranteed. And I've kept Lynetta safe in certain situations that maybe not have been the wisest things to do, you know, and I'm like, well, let's make sure we've got our life vests and bear spray, you know, yada, 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 you know, and sometimes she's like, oh, you're too controlling, you know, I just want to go have fun. And it's like, oh, I'm for fun. And let's, you know, make sure our safety check boxes are checked also. We, we often sort of hear that opposites attract, you know, mm-hmm. you see in, in somebody else, oh, I'd love to be that person or I'd love to have that level of, you know, adventure or whatever it is. So we often hear that opposites attract. And when you meet couples, sometimes they morph into the same person or sometimes you think, why is she with him? They're just so different. But it works. Yeah. Yeah, the difference is great. They can be complementary. 
Yeah. You know, where, you know, Mark gives me the stability so I can be wild. He gives me the safety. I have a home to come back to. You know, in situations I used to put myself in, I sometimes didn't even have a home, you know, because I I was just so wild. And he gives me that that safety. And yet I still get adventure because we live on full time in RV. So we travel full time. So I get that adventure in moving we move every couple weeks and really i'm a gypsy so i actually love having a mobile home you know and so he's he keeps us safe in you know having places that are with full hookups and you know so we do have that stability but we also have the great adventure right and she gives me the wild so i don't get bored with all my safety stuff yeah i get way more adventure than i would have on my own We have a lot of similarities. You know, we've bought common backgrounds with lots of violence and trauma in the homes. We left religion. We both tried to make religion work for 25, 30 years, gave that up, both did our own spiritual journeys, a lot of transformational and healing work until we met like, you know, nine years ago. So we have some very similar aspects but then personality wise we're very different on certain levels i mean it just totally works we just love being together there's a couple of things i think i mean i always say this should be like the first conversation you have with a prospective partner you know the children conversation do you both want children do you not want children does one and the other and finance because when you hear of sort of dysfunctional relationships, often money, one person is a spender, another person is a saver. That causes mm. a lot of friction. And yeah. some people have not had the child conversation and maybe a couple of years down the line, one person wants children, the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. where do you go from this? And, and I've had personal experience with friends who have not had either of those two conversations and when I have conversations with people about relationships I always say Mm. those two things I think you've got to be very very clear with because having children I think is the biggest decision you'll ever make Mm. and you know money whether we're talking about saving spending your attitude your relationship with money your financial education again is a day-to-day thing that is very very important in relationships being on the same page i think is a great thing but if you are in opposite sides of that spectrum there's going to be problems Mm. there's a truth to that i mean you do need to ask all the big questions undoubtedly And there are some things that might be significant that you may not agree on. And what we find is on a certain level, it almost doesn't matter what you do or what they do. What matters more is how you communicate about it. The communication creates intimacy. And intimacy, I'd say, is what all of us, men and women, are really craving. You know, it's the what you do togethers. That's great. But the intimacy, when you feel that you can share everything inside you, 
with another human being and not be judged, be totally accepted, even if it doesn't necessarily agree with what they would want or not want. But the fact that you have the freedom to express that creates an intimacy, which I'd say for us is better than anything. Yeah. And any issue that comes up around money, let's say, because both of our kids are, are raised, so we don't have the child issue. Our kids are out of the house. But we have had financial things that come up around maybe spending or generating more income. And what we do is we come together and we team up as, you know, we're on the same team. We're on the same side. So as long as you're on the same team and you say, okay, let tell me what's your model with money and I'll share what my model uh, with money is. And let's see how those two can, you know, let's bring those together and we, we partner up together to come up with solutions around our money. Right. And it's not just money. It could be mm -hmm. sex. It could be other activities. I'll give an example. Lynetta loves private time. She, you know, sometimes she'll just like, you know, and this is agreed, you know, like she'll take the car and she'll just go off for a day and have adventures, maybe go for a hike, go to some stores, go to a restaurant, do some yoga, whatever. And there's a part of me, I could just be with this woman 24-7. I have such love for her. You know, I just love her energy, love who she is. You know, I don't feel like I need as much alone time as she does. And that was kind of an issue, kind of running in the background for a lot of years. And she would, would say, you're trying to control me by wanting to be with me all the time. <laughs> you know, but when she explained that, we're both empathic, but Lynette is like super empathic. And because of her adapting from all the trauma she had in childhood and having to read people, she's had a challenge for a lot of her life till recently about really getting what does she really want? Not what does her partner want? What does she want? What's her truth? And to do that, she needs to be away from my energy because I might want to, oh, God, honey, I just want to be with you, <laughs> you know. So she needs, you know, alone time to feel into herself and to meditate and to do some journaling. And, you know, for me, it was kind of like, wow, you want to spend a whole day without me? But when she explained that internally, this is the way she is and this is what she needs to recharge, I was like, Oh, of course, honey. See, I'm not like that. But this is where the communication, when she explained that, and I got it, it's like, oh, my God, yeah, you want to day alone every week? By all means, do it. So it's the communication about it and getting into the other person's world. And then it may not even matter what activity ends up being done or not done once you get to that level. Right. I mean, that makes so much sense, doesn't it? But it is about communication. It's yeah. to recharge my batteries. I need to take myself off for the day. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that right. you've annoyed me. It's, I just need a bit of me time and then I'll come back and I'm all good. Right. But, 
Yeah. You know, some people need to go off and have quiet time and do their own thing mm -hmm. to recharge. Other people want to be the life and soul of the party to recharge. So yes. Communicating. <laughs> OK. And I know we're looking at two extremes there, but it's OK. This is what I need to do for me. And mm -hmm. then I will come back refreshed and ready to you know, get back into the partnership and let's mm -hmm. do whatever we're going to do. But it's yeah. getting that other person to understand that, that mm -hmm. it's not posing a threat to them. It's not because they've done anything. Right. It's just, no. this is what I need to recharge my batteries and, and to send to myself. Absolutely. Right. And that's where soulmates are not clones. You're not. This is part of a soulmate relationship, that communication, and making sure that your partner is getting their needs fulfilled completely, whatever they are, and even if it means sometime not being with you. Can you give us some examples of how you would start the conversation? Excuse me here, but it's going to be Lynetta. How yeah. do we encourage men to open up? Because mm. most men are a pretty sort of stiff upper lip. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. a man. And, you know, as you said earlier, Mark, it's all to do with conditioning. Lynetta, mm -hmm. how can we get men in a position where they feel safe mm -hmm. to actually say, okay, this is how I feel? I, I know this yeah. is probably a separate podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are great questions. Thank you for mm -hmm. opening this up because um, this is going a lot for on for a lot of people. So first of all, acknowledge that um, they're training and, you know, say, look, I know that you have been trained since you were little to have a stiff upper lip, to be the strong one, to be maybe be the strong, silent mm -hmm. type. You know, John Wayne is coming to mind, yeah. right? John, <laughs> yeah, John Wayne, man, right? Yeah. yeah, and he didn't express his feelings and he was a hero. And these little boys, since they were little, mm -hmm. a lot of their superpower heroes yeah. that are males are the strong mm -hmm. ones that they don't break down crying and sharing their emotions and their feelings. And we're asking them to do something that feels almost unnatural. Mm -hmm. So first I would acknowledge that and say, honey, you know, I know this is very challenging for mm -hmm. you all through your childhood. You were taught not to be a sissy la la, <laughs> but to be a brave, strong man. Mm -hmm. And, and the only emotion that m maybe was allowed was anger. Mm -hmm. for you. Right. And so I'm acknowledging first, and I totally get where you're coming from. So I'm getting into his world and I'm acknowledging him for the programming, you know, the domestication mm. of the male species. Mm. And I'm saying, honey, I get it. Right. I totally get it. And I would love to get to know you more on a deeper level, to know what your heart feels, to know what you're feeling mm -hmm. about yourself, about life, about me and our relationship. And I invite you into a safe space where you, whatever you share with me, I'm going to hold space that you are seen, heard, 
and acknowledged, and I get you. And you just hold that space for him to then express and ask him questions. Be curious. Ask him questions. Draw him out. And then acknowledge every step of the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. What you just shared with me is Mm -hmm. so feels so honoring and so Mm -hmm. good. And I I feel more intimate with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add a couple things here if it's okay. A lot of times we'll coach a couple and we'll help draw the men out. You know, the biggest problem, it's not that the men, yeah, there's the cultural training and whatever about not expressing it, but there's also a fear of expressing it Mm. that they might be judged for it or attacked for it. Or get in trouble. Or get in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they want to protect them. And if they say something that could be critical, they could, they could, it could come back and bite them. So sometimes you need a third party like us to oversee this initial communication between the two so that the man can see, no, he's not going to be criticized or attacked or made wrong yeah. for whatever it is that's going on internally that he hasn't until now felt free to share. So sometimes that third party makes it easier. There's also, this kind of ties in with the love languages. If it can be communicated to them, you, when, when we're working with a couple, there's usually, even though there may be conflicts, there's genuine love between them. You know, the man really loves his partner. That's usually the case, even if there's some serious conflicts going on. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll explain to the man how the woman is different and that for her, you know, and a lot of men, you know, again, we've been trained to be in service, you know, be the breadwinner, provide the home, you know, make sure all her needs are met, her clothing and food and whatever. And I know it's stereotypical, but there is something to that. But to communicate to the man that for her, In your world, yes, this is the way you express your love. And we all get that you really love her. In her world, however, sharing what's going on deep in your heart, even if it's something challenging regarding your relationship with her, is every bit as good or better than any of those things you do, like bringing home the bacon, providing a safe home making sure all her physical needs are met. To her, communication is maybe the best gift you could give her, even more than all the other things you've given her. So you're like bringing him to get like, oh, like one couple we coached, the man was still talking to his ex And the new woman in his life was not comfortable with this. And he was not like wanting to maintain a relationship with her. In his world, it was just like, I just want to be, you know, a mensch, just, you know, supportive still of her, even though we don't have a relationship. I just want to have a friendship and be friendly and, you know, just like that. But he got under our working with them that the new woman in his life wasn't comfortable with that. She didn't feel honored. She did not feel honored. 
And he got, Mar- especially Mark talking to him, helped him to get into her world. Yep. And he had to make a decision to spend less time talking to her or occasionally, you know, bringing her mail because they used to live together because the new woman didn't feel that she was getting, you know, the attention she wanted, that he was still had some commitment to her. And just explaining this to him, he was like, oh, I get now how important you know, my relationship with my ex and cutting that back some is to her. I mean, this is fascinating, isn't it? How you are sort of, Lynette, you're explaining to the man that the feminine thoughts from the woman and Mark, you're explaining to the woman, in theory, what's going on in the man's Mm-hmm. But in a, yeah. in a safe environment, a logical mm-hmm. environment, without the emotion of that particular relate, it's, it's like, OK, we're on the perimeter, but we can see we're professionals. We understand we can see what's going on. So mm-hmm. we need to sort of reverse the roles and go, OK, this is how your wife or your girlfriend, your partner is seeing this situation right. and the opposite way around, which makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need both perspectives. You know, it's like uh, men are from Mars, <laughs> women are from <laughs> Venus. Yeah. My God, that <laughs> book, I remember getting that years ago. I don't know how many copies I've given to my girlfriends. Yeah. Just read this book because you just read it and go, yep, I do that. Men generally do that. And when you understand it, and this is it, the men need to sit and gaze into the fire and, and just mull things over. Whereas the women, we want to like talk and talk and talk like we said before. And it's yeah. understanding. He's not cutting you off. It's just his way of, of thinking through that problem. Whereas we just yeah. want to talk about it. Yeah, men often want to figure it out on their own. And then once they've got it sorted out, Present the solution. then they can come to their partner and they have the solution already. Yep. But they don't, you know, get how we as women, we like to come together and create the solution together. Mm. So yeah. we are coming at sort of the same problem from two totally different directions. And because right. of that. We feel he doesn't care. He thinks, my God, I don't want to hear. I need to think it through and then I'll come to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You understand that. Yeah, it does really help. And and acknowledgments is really one of our most treasured diamonds. It is everything. If you acknowledge the person for whatever they're going through, whatever they're experiencing, and you get into their world and they feel truly seen, truly gotten. There is so much love that is created from that space. And you can acknowledge anything, even behavior you might call bad behavior. There's always, if you dig deeper, you can find what is the love that's underneath it. Either either it may be a survivor, survival technique that they have, that they're they're protecting themselves but to us it may look like oh my gosh who are you you i thought you were this loving partner that he chose and now you're just turning into this gargoyle gar- yeah <laughs> you know who are you you now you're godzilla you know 
<laughs> and it's like because you don't know what's going on underneath. Once mm. you find out the hurt, the what they went through when they were a child, and mm-hmm. you know their dad hit them, and and you know what they did with it, and then they're still living in that. They're still reacting from that, and then you're like, oh, now I get what's going on. I totally get you. Let's work together. Let's work together to heal that, to get that complete. Yeah, thank you. Oh, and this brings up an issue. I don't know if you were going to get to that question. But, you know, as we've already said, we all have these issues from the past that are probably not complete. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things that hold a lot of people back from getting in, in relationship is they say, oh, I still need to heal myself. You know, I've still got all these hurts from the past, you know, family, relationships, whatever, and I'm not healed enough. And Lynette and I are firm believers, you know, I mean, unless you're really whacked out (laughs) about getting in a relationship. If both partners are really working on their stuff, they're doing their personal development, their transformational work, their healing. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't matter. Even if you've got some really heavy duty stuff in your past, if you're both agreed to like grow and heal together and allow things to come up and create a vessel for healing that together. And this is what we love coaching people through it. You're going to grow so much faster in relationship than if you try to heal things on your own because you get in relationship and bam, the triggers are going to come up right and left Mm -hmm. and you can heal them together. Mm hmm. And both of us, before we met, both of us had in our own words, his was, I want a woman who's loving and powerful because he'd had loving before, but not powerful. And what he meant by that was a woman who will own her shift instead of finger pointing at me, which I had some women do Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I met Lunetta. And I wanted a man who was uh, willing to transform coachable, coachable. I wanted transformation in my relationship. That was my version of a man who will own his stuff and look at his own stuff and not point the finger at me. So we both had that. And that's really the key ingredient is the partner, the person you're choosing, willing and committed to their personal growth. To their internal work. Their internal work. If you get, you know, a couple where one of them is doing a lot of their personal growth work and the other one's not that's often a really big problem. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, I wasn't really sure where this conversation was going to go. (laughs) Wow. We have packed in so much information, golden nuggets, food for thought. It's Mm -hmm. just been phenomenal. Where can people get to, to know more about your work? TheSoulmateCoaches.com is our primary website. And we're also on all the social media with the same name. And on our webpage, the best way, there's some free things people can look at and download and whatever. But the best way to work with us would be to schedule right on our page, uh, like a 20-minute get-to-know-each-other call. And then we can describe, you know, we feel each other out, say, oh, yeah, you feel like you'd be a great fit for this program we have. And, you know, then we can make a proposal on how we can all work together. What has been so fascinating is getting the male perspective on this, because Mm. 
as a woman, you have lots of conversations with your girlfriends about love, relationships, etc. But to sort of get the male perspective on what we're talking about is, is just refreshing. I don't think I've ever had a conversation mm. with another man who's been so open to say, okay, this is how we think and this is how we interpret this. So that is just so refreshing. A couple coming to mm. you and having the female and the male advice, communication, take on, on different issues is, is, is just incredible, yeah. Thank you, yes. guys. It's been incredible. Mm. I mean, it's given me so much to think about. And, you know, we'll put all your links to your website, your socials and everything with mm. the podcast. And I think we could have gone on for absolute hours. And, and it, yeah. Yes, we could. Surface, but I think one thing that I'm going to take away the next time I have conversations with girlfriends about looking for that partner is, Make the list of what you don't want, but then look at the opposites. He wants to go off and play football. That's mm -hmm. fine. What could you do with that Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. opportunity for you to go and do whatever you want with your friends mm -hmm. or time on your own or whatever you want to do. So don't mm -hmm. look at that as a negative. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that's just popping into my head now, Sheila, is you – if you'd like, you could get together a bunch of your girlfriends and listeners, and we could do an online workshop where we would take everybody through this process. Oh, my God. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, we'd love to do that because we love workshops. Yeah. And it could be, let's say, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. You'd be amazed at what you can accomplish in that. Yeah. Wow. That is very interesting. <laughs> Thank you both, Lynetta and Mark, for the conversation. I mean, you've certainly Thank given you. us lots of, you know, nuggets and yeah. ideas on, you know, things to look out for and don't just take it at face value. I'll include all the links with the podcast together. And, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank and you. thank you. Thank your you questions so were great. Really yeah. love it. And yeah. we love what you're doing. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please subscribe on whatever platform you are using. It is free. And if you would like to tell your story, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story.